0: final show for this season. Well, it's been fun, Mark. Well, good. So, it's a call-in show. 586 And remember, in New, new Alaska, it's 907- 586
1: Is Alaska new?
0: Everything is new every day, Mark. <laughs> every day. You wake up in the morning and it's all washed clear. You know, there was enough rain last night to wash everything off, I think.
1: It's a beautiful day i can't wait to get out in it
0: Uh well it's waiting out there for you and i know that you have several landscape jobs that you're going to be doing today
1: well it's all about putting things to bed getting ready for the winter and uh cutting back the perennials and pruning the evergreens and cleaning up any debris that needs to be cleaned up
0: right and making sure that anything that looks like it's going to have the possibility of winter damage you're going to strap that up right so the big thing that, that uh, people are doing right now in that sense is looking at their arborvitae shrubs.
1: Doing you know, interior bracing on them.
0: Interior bracing on the arborvitae. Arborvitae in- are those big evergreens that look kind of like dill pickles oh. out in the landscape, you know, and the people use them for hedges. They put them by their front doors. They put them by their street edges. They put them in, well, in everywhere. You'll all know what they are. And most of the time, they stay symmetrical, But every now and then a winter comes, that has plenty of ice and snow and rain. And and those uh, nice big dill pickles fall apart like they are blown out flower heads.
1: So you need to have a strap that is flat and not abrasive when you go to tie it up on the inside.
0: Exactly. Something that will not cut into the bark. Right. Something that is flat rather than round and as wide as you can get it an inch inch and a half is really good and you don't tie it up tight you go inside you don't go outside the the foliage you go inside and there are straight up trunks
1: where the trunks are
0: where the trunks are and you you, uh, put your loops around those so you can't see them from the outside and just enough so that that, uh, it almost has contact all the way around because you want the tree to be able to move and you want the tree to be able to increase in diameter and all the trunks to get fatter and all those things without any restriction because you're never going back in and removing this unless you're a more, conscious, more conscientious person and than of, I.
1: Of course, we're all anticipating having another winter like last winter.
0: Which, We'd be a fool not to.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I so hope not.
0: Oh, absolutely. You hope
1: not. You know, <laughs> yeah, we had six feet of snow at our house.
0: And, and another collapsed greenhouse. Let's not do that.
1: <laughs> well, I hope I'd we'll. far
0: rather not.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think the greenhouse...
0: Well, we got it sturdily braced up this year. We were at home year.
1: last year when it all happened. so I know. That's why it happened. Because we take care of our things. But anyway, it is a great time to still be planting if you're so inclined. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: we're planting right up in, until... Uh, you know, the first couple of weeks of November.
1: Well, until the ground freezes. And I hope it's not until the first couple of weeks of November. That would be great.
0: I hope it's not until the first couple of weeks of December. But that's not been the case in the last few years.
1: No. We
0: used, we, to be, we used freezes. to be
1: able to work right up to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But that's when, the, when Alaska was in the tropics, and now we're in the Northern Ice Age.
0: It does seem like it, doesn't it? We're getting further and further north. Okay, folks, 586 You got any questions or comments? You want to invite us over to your house for a cup of coffee and look at your peonies? Or all those kinds of things, you know? We're, we're a, a multi-purpose clearinghouse this week. We're going to have some, uh, some goodbyes and some sentimental tunes. And also, we're going to make our last fertilization on our rhododendrons this week.
1: Absolutely. And uh, are the nematodes coming?
0: You know, I didn't get any response from them. So I'd say no. You try again? I'll try again tomorrow. Okay. I was just checking in my emails this morning looking for confirmation.
1: Because we really need some. Okay. I mean, we have a month. I mean, they can go down as long as the ground isn't frozen.
0: Absolutely. They're, they're active until it's uh, 25 degrees.
1: Right.
0: So if we can get them on the ground before that, we'll be good sh- in good shape. Now, what Margaret's talking about are microscopic little worms, nematodes, that we apply to the rhododendron root system in order to kill the larval stage of the pest, the black vine weed.
1: Well, you know, and just recently, there's been a huge infestation in some of the landscapes I take care of. Absolutely, this I year, saw it too. This year, more than ever before, it's like there was something about the midsummer that just brought this huge flush of of uh, predators on the plants, and and they attack primroses and rhododendrons and
0: viburnums, all and kinds of trees,
1: all kinds of uh-huh. things. Yeah, it's.
0: And and your indication is, you look at the edge of the leaf, and the edge of the leaf becomes ragged from the beetles eating it. And they come up at night. You never see them. They're only out in the very, very dark. And the beetles are big. They're about the size of my thumbnail. And they're shiny black with a long, pointy nose. And they're, uh, you know, if you see them and they're eating the tops of the plants, and you see that damage being done, that also means... That their babies are down underground eating the root system. And really, that's where we go to get them. Yeah. Because the adults are plenty armored, and you're not going to ever hurt them.
1: And they can kill some pretty big things.
0: (coughs) Oh, yeah. We've seen them kill some great big fir trees.
1: Yep, Really, really attacked them.
0: Okay. So fall color is coming alive now.
1: It's so beautiful.
0: Yes. Now, you have those beautiful Japanese maples in our yard that are turning their russet red and orange colors right now
1: you know but i also looked at a planting i did at a commercial spot where i used the glow girl spirea and the quick fire hydrangea uh, the spirea is the background and the hydrangea is in the foreground so the spirea is kind of a orange to purple to red and the hydrangea is pink up against that and it looks so pretty it's going to be one of my new to go-to planting combinations because f- for the fall, it's
0: That's right, and, and it lasts a long time. And it takes the all show, the rain. The show will be there for a month. Uh-huh. Right, and the rain won't stop it, and the cold won't stop it. It'll be there until the leaves fall off.
1: And they're not invasive.
0: That's the, right. The spirea Neither one is one of them are sterile. Invasive.
1: Right, so that's great.
0: And if you're questioning what Margaret's talking about, go look at the uh, flowers that are blooming around the Capitol building. That's the hydrangea and then drive out to the search clinic and look at the Ethel Lund Clinic and around there on the hillside where she stripped all the the turf off and replaced it with shrubbery low-maintenance shrubbery that's in color right now
1: that's the glow girl
0: and that is such a beautiful fall coloring plant just stunning well I was talking to Tyler rental this morning and they said that uh they have a fair amount of uh, pressure washers and chainsaws on hand for, for that fall cleanup project. If people are looking for the opportunity to take care of their trees or to cut some firewood, or perhaps there's uh, some, uh, some muck that you need to wash out. Boy, brooms, we have plenty of muck. That's right. All those things are available from our friends at Tyler Rental, and they are, without a doubt, the nicest place to walk into when you have a problem. They will have solutions for you right away. It's always a pleasure to deal with them. Thanks a lot, Tyler. And it's been a really nice season working with you. So uh, we have had several inquiries this week about hedges. People talking about how they want to uh, establish them, how some of their neighbors have them and they want to join in with them. And they're all looking at the same plant. They're looking at arborvitas. Which we spoke of earlier, tying them together, those same shrubs. But you know the thing
1: about the arborvita is, for an evergreen, it's really cheap. You you start buying other types of evergreens, and they are three times as expensive as an arborvita. That's
0: really true. Good morning, conversations.
2: Good morning. When should be the last mowing of your lawn?
1: Well, I don't know a month ago, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Uh, you can, as long as your lawn can take it, a lot of lawns are too wet. So the mower l- leaves big tracks. But if you have a nice solid lawn, uh, you can mow it as long as it's still growing. All right. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we mowed a lawn this last week that hadn't been mowed all year since June. Uh
1: i know (laughs) i always feel like
0: there was plenty of grass in that one i'll tell you what
1: well you know and the thing about often when your lawn if your lawn is tall because you're waiting for it to quit raining um you have to mow it twice you mow it on a two and a half and then you drop it down and clean that up and then you drop it down to a one and a half and cut it short So that uh, you don't have to go out and mow it again right away. Because actually, you know, 50 degrees and raining is perfect temperature for grass just to grow like mad.
0: It's so happy growing, isn't
1: it? (laughs) You know, one of the things I loved about the heat this summer is all the grass quit growing. And I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to mow. So,
0: But at this climate like this, grass is very, very happy. Yeah, it sure is. So when she's saying one and a half and two and a half, she's talking about, The height height of the mower from the ground. And they have adjustments on the wheels. And so if you've never used a lawnmower, if you've never had to to change the height of the lawnmower, it's real simple. You have a little lever you push in and you raise and lower the, the, the back wheels and the front wheels. So it's a snap to do. But it makes a world of difference.
1: But if you also have really soft spots, which some of the lawns I mow have, you really can't mow them with a heavy mower because they will leave muddy tracks so those areas in the lawns i take care of i have to weed eat which is a bummer but uh at least it doesn't end up looking muddy
0: that's right or patchy with Mm -hmm. something that looks like somebody grabbed him by the hair and drug him around the yard it
1: makes me wish i had a couple of goats to tie up out there
0: (laughs) now there's a picture Margaret and her goats <laughs>
1: yes.
0: So my friend Bill who, uh, who was the landscape superintendent At the university in Corvallis Oregon State Hired goats to come And the goat lady came in her semi-truck With 50 goats and, To uh, eat the ivy To eat the ivy, that's right the Control of invasive plants And they all have a little shock collar on And she has a little post at the corner And they don't get outside that They're very clever, those goats So they just stay inside that circumference and eat everything down to the ground. Then she comes and picks them back up and moves on to the next
1: Well, the only thing you have to worry about is making sure they're only eating what you want them to eat because Uh, they'll eat eat everything. They'll eat everything.
0: (laughs) That's right. When I was a boy, I had my milk goats. They were the, absolutely, they would escape and go to the, the garden as rapidly as they could and eat the very best and choicest parts. Just a couple bites out of this and a couple bites out of that but they were so happy to be doing it.
1: Okay, so this is our last show for this year, and if you have any questions, now is the time to call in. It's
0: 907-586-1800. Okay, so we're waiting for our first shipment of crocus this year. Now that the ground is starting to get uh, fall-like, so we can put the crocus in the ground before they freeze up and let them grow their, their new root system for this year. And... Uh, think of what the capitol building was like this spring when it was in bloom with the yellow crocus there were a thousand yellow crocus out there in the front of it it looked great it, looked it takes rich. about a
1: month because one corner gets sun and the other corner gets later sun so it's a it's kind of like a little a wave, moving target a little wave yes it starts on main street ends up on seward
0: Yep, that's really cool stuff. I'm just thrilled with it. Okay, so the the spireas that Mark's talking about are called Glow Girl, and it's a, a birch leaf spirea, which is native here in southeast Alaska. But this particular selection is one that's been chosen for its fall color, and it really and is. for
1: Because it's sterile.
0: Sterile and tough. Mm-hmm. You know? And so all three cylinders are hit. Plus it has a beautiful spring flower show. and uh, And... We have never lost one
1: They're tough We've been planting
0: them for 10 years And we've never lost a single one So that's that says a lot They're really, really tough And really survive in this climate And if you want to see them Come see me today I'll be at Landscape Alaska And we'll be talking about the fall color Talking about the trees available for planting this fall
1: We have to stand them all up
0: Yeah, get a lot of them got blown over last night, didn't they? And also, I'm going to be doing the last rhododendron fertilizing. So if you want to come and talk about that kind of thing with me, I'll be glad to.
1: And I'll be out in the landscape.
0: Out in the landscape with your team.
1: Mm-hmm. Great team.
0: Uh, so uh, this is uh, fall color, fall pruning, last fertilizing. You're going to mow it Clean if they it. need it.
1: It's nice to put a new edge on your beds uh-huh. so it's nice and sharp going into the wintertime. And uh,
0: and really, if you have, if you want to put spring blooming perennials in the ground, now is the time to do it.
1: I mean, tulips and daffodils and things. No, like that? No, I mean
0: more like spring blooming primroses. And, oh, and
1: uh, irises and
0: yeah, and lungworts and things like that. Things that actually bloom early in the spring, and uh, they will bloom because the ground's warm. Warm enough. Warm Mm -hmm. enough for them to come up. They can come up through the snow, you know. Mm -hmm. You always see those those primroses poking their way up about the same time as the skunk cabbages do. Right. Melting their way out of the ground.
1: Well, you know, spring is always everybody's inspiration.
0: But you know... People just love it. This is the time to be getting ready for that.
1: I know. You have to get ready in the fall for the spring.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So... Uh, we just received a shipment of uh, plant material for another planting project. And along with the material for that project, I brought in some more flowering cherry trees. And also I brought in some more of those yellow flowering rhododendrons. Now, yellow is a real rare color in a rhododendron. And particularly here where we are. where
1: You also got the Nellie Moser purple rhododendron.
0: Not Nellie Mosier. What is it? But something like that. I'll, I'll remember it a kids in a minute, I'm sure. But yes, the dark, dark purple one.
1: Dark, dark purple. So
0: the dark purple and the bright yellow together make a stunning combination. Now, these, these are numbers, that, these are in varieties that are somewhat unusual, and we can't get a lot of them. So we were able to get these now, this time of year, because by the time springtime comes around, all they'll still. all be gone but if you want one, make sure that I know to put your name on it. So when we put them away for the winter, you'll have your name on it or if you want to come and take it and plant it because they're so much happier in the ground. So, so much happier. And this is a great time for planting stuff because the the tops don't grow anymore but the roots really grow now. And that's really what you want to do is you want to get the roots in the ground and get them established. So uh, rhododendrons, maples, Uh, spireas even the the big arching white spireas the snow mounds
1: and crab apples and
0: crab apple trees and fruiting shrubs all those things Japanese they like it this time of year they Mm -hmm. like they like getting into the ground and you know the roots will grow even after the leaves fall off even after the temperature drops down to where it's freezing every night the roots will still be growing so have no hesitation plant away we will be I have one more hydrangea tree. That's been such a spectacular plant for us.
1: It's amazing that it's taken all this rain, and there isn't a drop of brown on it anywhere.
0: Not a drop. Nope. And it's about four and a half feet tall with a head that's easily three feet across. And it's a a shrub that's been made into a tree. There's no question about it. But it looks so cute. And and formal.
1: In the Antiques Roadshow coming out of... uh, England, they have hydrangea trees there that are, uh, they look like they're 50 years old. <coughs> and their trunks are, I don't know. 10 inches? Yeah, big. They're mm-hmm. big trees. Really something. Um, some of those estates that they oh, have I can been uh, taken care of for a now long time. Now you think
0: that, that uh, these color-changing hydrangeas are, are a fairly recent innovation, but you see those shrubs, you know, maybe that's not a color changing form. Maybe that's a pale green form that's that's from the older style and grown up big. But I bet you that there are some some of the original crosses.
1: Well, I just think that, you know, Europeans have been cultivating horticultural elements that are a little different than ours for a long time. I mean, hundreds of years. And when you look at those big estates, where all that dough goes into taking care of their landscape, you see that stuff. Uh-huh. And I find it, you know, I'm always looking at the Antiques Roadshow, looking at the background. Look at that back
0: there. <laughs> I know. I've, I've watched it with you. You have to want to rewind it so you can look at the maple tree again.
1: That's right. And how
0: big is that beech tree? Golly. So I saw a picture of the biggest beech hedge in the world. It's in Ireland. And the trees have got to be 60 feet tall. The people look like little matchbook characters walking along next to
1: him. I realized in watching the Queen's funeral that the beach hedge that I saw she and Philip they were taking a picture of way back was at Buckingham Pal- Palace on their grounds at the beach hedge lining their drive it's off you know they're probably 50 feet off the drive and they're just gigantic and stunning absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. Some of that stuff You have to wait for the second generation To see Or the fifth generation Fifth
1: generation Because they're the big Or the tenth
0: generation They're you know? really really big and so you feel like You're in the presence Of the ancients When you're around the Trees like that
1: Well I kind of feel like that When I'm around you Dave Well thanks
0: That's very <laughs> That's very uplifting very supportive. <laughs> I'm delighted to know that. Just I'm no glad to know that you make, uh, you get inspired by being around
1: me. <laughs> absolutely. Well,
0: I get inspired by being around me, too, and I'm so <laughs> glad that I'm still here. No question at all. And, you know, if I could get uh, as, as beautiful as one of those 500-year-old beach hedges, mm. man, I'd hang.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So the same thing is true We go down into the forest here And you feel that same sense of awe That same sense of Of being with the giants And with the grandeur around you And you know It's it's a uh, It's a self-organized environment Rather than a Than a human-organized environment
1: Well The beauty of Alaska is (coughs) Incredible And when you're out in the woods You can't help but Just soak it up Absolutely soak it up.
0: I saw a picture last week of uh, a a Japanese installation where the person is laying on their back in the forest and they have these giant earphones. Not electric earphones, but like funnels, you know, hooked up to their ears so they can listen to the forest even more clearly. Wow. A way of bathing in the forest. Bathing your consciousness. Forest bathing. Forest bathing. Yeah. I like it, too. I like it a lot. Okay, so if there's I bet anything, you it's not
1: a rainforest though. No. They're not laying there in rain gear.
0: They didn't look like they were <laughs> laying there in rain gear. They look like they were...
1: It'd be hard here. <laughs>
0: I don't know. You could lay in rain gear here, and it wouldn't bother you. You know, let that rain beat on you. And everybody here's got some rain gear, you know? I know. And so, listening to the wind last night and the night before, listening to the wind yesterday... It was like everything was just full with sound. Good morning, Conversations.
2: Good morning, you two. And I want to uh, thank you for your show every Saturday. We enjoy listening.
1: I'm and so glad.
2: All I have to say is keep on going and stay tough and happy gardening. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling. <laughs>
0: okay, and we'll see you next year. Actually, we'll probably see you on the street tomorrow. But anyway... We never have any idea. That's one of the things, the beauty about radio, is you have no idea who's listening. No idea whatsoever.
1: You just hope somebody is. Well, every (laughs) now and then somebody calls
0: up. But it's also surprising as I walk down the street, people talk about it. And uh, if I meet them in the post office, they talk about it. That's great. So it's, you know, I think. I love
1: it, Dave. You know, we're nuts. We've spent our entire lives living and breathing horticulture it is where we do our forest bathing and uh, we're not going to give it up now
0: and i guess that's what it comes down
1: to is if we were going to change and become lawyers or doctors or do something else because we could have done anything we pass those opportunities up we came here instead
0: yep that be it and you know meeting people through the medium of horticulture and gardening has been one of the greatest pleasures.
1: Absolutely.
0: And meeting them not just in the business, but also in the bigger wild world. But back to being in the business. The people in the nursery business are universally charming. They're carried away by the beauty and wonder of what they do, and they all have, have that sense of of, uh, well, you're
1: more in the business than I am. I, I really love the people I work for and the jobs they want done and their passion for what it is that makes them happy. That's what I love. You well, know, because as a designer and an installer, that's my focus. I'm not in, the, I, I don't do money. I don't, uh, you know, give me a budget and I won't go over it. But I, uh, Will do what I can, but it's really the interaction with the people and the land that I love.
0: Well, you have done a really marvelous job. I know as I go around Juno, and I look at all the installations you've put in. There's not a there's not a neighborhood that doesn't have a clear print of what you say and do. There's not there's not a street you can go down. Well, we all do it together. Something.
1: My point is, we all do it together. You know what I mean? My clients hire me we do it together and most of the beauty in the jobs i've done is i just got it started but they've carried on the parade and they've done a great job and i love being able to brush shoulders with them a couple times a year to go on some more in their projects
0: i agree wholeheartedly and and uh as i look back at the the projects that you've put in i think about letting them grow and letting them mature and letting them fit into the environments where they are and how clearly did you see that is the way it looks today a really clear representation of how you meant it to be or was it as it uh, evolved and changed
1: you know, can I interrupt you? Absolutely. It's much more that there's a pattern. You know how you hear me talking about patterning I do. And I feel every site has its own pattern so that's why none of my projects, So there's a similarity about them. They're not just a repetition of one another.
0: Yeah, they don't all look the same.
1: No, but there's, there's an element to them. Everything's the same
0: distance apart? Nah.
1: There's an element to it. There's a rhythm. There's a pattern. And that's really what I bring to the job that other people don't seem to get.
0: I thought it was real impressive when Connor was looking at your drawing and saw instantly the re- repetitive pattern that you had designed well, In that memory courtyard
1: I think that he might be A kind of a, a Sleeping designer All of his own He just needs to figure out What Where And when
0: Well that's true Okay we're coming to the end Of our last show For this year We've got about three minutes If you want to call us up This is your opportunity We can talk really fast 907 586 Other than that We'll see you on the streets
1: Hey and Juno uh, take care Life's pretty rough out there Look
2: out for one another
0: That's right we have one more call coming. A good morning, Conversations.
2: Good morning. This is Chris on Twin Lakes. And I just want to say I appreciate coming out to your properties out there and looking at all the beautiful flowers and being able to talk about them and what to do and all of the advice that you give to people. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Chris. And also, I did put the latex white... Paint on the apple tree, and it's still standing up.
0: <laughs> oh, Chris, I'm so glad. You know, and
2: I got I got about 20 apples off of the other little tree that's fairly close to it. The bear did not touch.
0: And these are so, trees your father planted.
2: No, these are ones that we bought for you. Oh, yeah, actually, he was part of the planting. Yeah, yeah. They haven't been there for like a hundred years. We got we bought them from you. And then brought them home and put them in the ground. And so they were special because, you know, he was part of that. Right. So, yeah. Well, thanks and then, so much for
1: calling letting us know.
2: And then one other little thing is um, I've worked over at the clinic down the road. And I watched Margaret day after day, sun or rain, sit there and... Dote on those plants with her straw hat on every day. She was so faithful. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks! And because I'm at the yeah you know, the front there, and I can see everything. Anyway, I just, I just that that is so cool. She just she's sharing her love with all those plants. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: you know, and and it is something to see that transformation from yeah. uh, from bare earth to a created landscape. It's pretty stunning.
2: Well, yeah, thanks, Chris. I really going. appreciate
0: the call. Yeah, and uh, okay. drop by. Drop by today and look at the fall color with me. It's yeah. really, really pretty right now.
2: Oh, good. Well, I do need to come out. So. Okay, okay great. Thanks. Thank you. Mm-hmm, okay,
0: we'll talk to you all later next, on. We'll next talk to spring. You next spring, that's right. We're done for this season. And uh, I'm going away. Jack, sign us off, will you? And we'll talk to you all next year. And until then, this is Margaret and Dave signing off from Landscape Alaska, and we're wishing you all happy gardening.